This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a brilliant leader, Jen Moore. Jen is the president of the Maine Health Accountable Care Organization. She's been in the ACO business from the very get-go. She's literally been with Maine Health for, I think, 20-plus years or so. She's been running the ACO for, for several years now. And she's going to shed some light on what's happening with accountable care organizations, Medicare Advantage plans, and, and, and a lot more. Jen, I know you're an NYU graduate. Can you take a moment and tell us a bit about yourself, about your background, and about Maine Health? Sure. Uh, so, as you say, I have been at Maine Health for 25 years. I have seen this organization grow from an academic medical center to an integrated delivery system with uh, Maine Medical Center, a psychiatric facility, eight other hospitals, including four critical access hospitals, and really the continuum of, of healthcare. And it's really been fantastic to watch it. Um, prior to that, I, I certainly had roles at health insurance plans and uh, was thrilled to come over to the provider side of the house. As you say, I've been in what we now refer to as value-based care for uh, for a very long time, really since the beginning of our organization back in the 90s, we were working on risk contracting, taking accountability for cost of care. And um, I think more than ever, that's important. I also have a role at the health system as vice president of payer relations. So in that capacity, I'm responsible for contracting for the health system. Uh, you know, you'll hear the term foot in both canoes and and I don't really see it as a conflict. I think it's really an important marriage, meaning we need to be paid fairly for the services provided as a as a health system and as a group of providers. And we need to be accountable for providing good value, uh, quality health care as well. So uh, really thrilled to be in the business that I'm in. Well, thank you. And talk for a moment about payer relations and how those have changed over the last 10 to 20 years. If, if you'll give us one moment on that, I'd appreciate sure. it. Sure. Well, um, you know, we're, we're in Maine. We have traditionally been in uh, kind of older payment arrangements. In fact, only recently on our commercial side are we moving to DRGs and more fixed payments. So Maine is perhaps behind other markets and other markets that I've been in as well. Um, you know, really the past five years and since COVID, we have seen a dramatic shift in those payer conversations where I do feel in the past, it was a much more uh, collaborative discussion. I think there's a lot of tension now in healthcare around cost of care and um, post-pandemic, as you know, many employers and, and facilities at the same time are all really hurting financially. And so for hospital health systems, we're really trying to stabilize our payments and the payers, the purchasers of, of healthcare are trying to do the same. And so that creates a conflict that has made, uh, I think, contract negotiations a lot more contentious, frankly, than they have been traditionally. And I think one of the ways that we can try to tackle that is that commitment to total cost of care. So again, if we can work together and partner with our plans around that and around managing populations and really showing up together to say, hey, we care about the community, we care about cost of care, and <laughs> we also do care about the stability of our organization. So trying to find that common ground and alignment, I think, is key. No, thank you. I think that's a terrific uh, 
a sort of perspective on what's happening with payer relationships. And I think a lot of people would reflect the same thoughts on it throughout the country. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And, and, and take a moment on ACO and ACOs versus Medicare Advantage. How do those two things tie together? Maybe you could help us understand that better too. Sure. Uh, well, uh, a lot of people will define ACOs as the Medicare shared savings ACOs. That's really where a lot of the ACOs got their start. We contract with all lines of business, uh, commercial, our Medicaid populations, Medicare Advantage, and fee-for-service Medicare, because again, we we believe all, all those populations should have that focus and attention. I think in the Medicare Advantage space, an ACO, so it's a different, a little bit of a different model. As you know, there's in MA, we have the benefit of both having a lever around revenue and expense management. So you have more opportunity to be successful in the Medicare Advantage contracts, perhaps. Uh, so we, uh, as a health system, we have a joint venture Medicare Advantage plan with Anthem. We believe in MA as a product. We believe it provide some good benefits to our senior population. You probably know we're the oldest state in the nation. So, and we have uh, over 60% population uh, penetration in the Medicare Advantage space. So um, for us, it's an important product. We also uh, have a partnership with Agilon for our Medicare Advantage business. And in, and in those agreements, the ACO uh, holds a contract with the partnership, Agilon and Maine Health have a partnership. So the ACO has a contract with them to bring all lines of business in the Medicare Advantage space under a total cost of care contract um, with 100% downside risk. Because again, we believe it's important to try to manage that population well, and there's opportunity to, to do it differently. Thank you. I, I did not realize that Maine has the oldest population in the nation. That's fascinating as well. T take a moment on 2024, what are you most focused on, excited about for the coming year? Sure. Well, both as a health system and as an ACO, we are really focused on care variations. So as a health system, through the care variation lens, both for quality and for cost, expense management, really, how can we be more efficient in the services that we provide? And then with my ACO hat on, how can we take that efficiency and translate that to an improvement in total cost of care? So can we reflect those efficiencies and improve pricing? Are, are we willing to take risk, if you will, on certain service lines that, again, can drive that total cost of care? So that's exciting for me. In 24, we're going to focus specifically on uh, transitional care management and end-of-life and palliative care. Uh, the, uh, on the transitional care management side, I know in my heart of hearts that where we often fall down as, as providers and health systems is moving a patient through the continuum of care. It's tricky. There's a lot of opportunity to fall out, if you will, and, and not be watched and this from spike out from an expenditure standpoint, but also from a patient experience standpoint, not really knowing what that right next step is. So um, being able to grab patients when they're discharged from the hospital, making sure they have that strong connection back to primary care, we think is really important. And we'll have a, a concerted effort around that in 24. Similarly, with palliative care and end of life, we certainly know that if we can get patients in hospice care really weeks before they die, they'll have a better experience. It will be better managed. Um, it's better for the families. And so I think these are these are two areas of focus that I feel good about because, again, it, it checks off many boxes for me, including the, the patient experience box. Thank you. And Jen, take a moment on leadership. You've had this remarkable leadership career, COO to now president and a lot before that. Any advice that you would give to emerging leaders? 
Yeah, I think especially in healthcare, it's really important to to stay flexible, adaptable. One of the phrases I can't stand is when someone says, well, we've always done it this way. You can't do that if you're going to survive in healthcare and as a leader. And so really encouraging teams to think about change as something to embrace, something to get excited about. And so giving them the tools to manage that change is important. And I also think it's really important to be transparent as transparent as you possibly can with your teams about what that change is that's coming um, and to empower them. So I am a big fan of letting the teams make decisions up to their highest level. And I think that also helps from an engagement perspective. It gets them much more engaged in the work that we do. So that those are some of the, some of the tactics that I try to employ as a leader. Thank you. And any thoughts on sort of the accomplishments the last couple of years that you're most excited about or you're most excited about your team and what they've accomplished the last couple of years, anything that's top of mind? I, I would say just handling that, the, the, the transition that we're seeing. So um, meaning around us, and again, I think post-pandemic, it, it is more emphasized than ever, change is abound. There are disruptors slash innovators slash accelerators all around us, and they're trying to solve for problems that we haven't really been able to successfully do necessarily as a health system. And so um, to what what I'm proud of is how we've engaged with some of them. Agilent itself, right, is considered a, a disruptor, but we've really, we've partnered with them. We recognize we can't necessarily do everything ourselves. And so to have a team that's willing to be flexible in that way and to really embrace that change is, is really what I'm most proud of. Um, I will also say we've been, you know, successful in shared savings, less so in the Medicare uh, line of business, but in our in our other contracts, we tend to be successful in what we do. And so that really just takes focus and dedication. And again, that um, engagement that we see across our, our, our health system. So there, there's an awful lot that I'm proud of. Um, I would say I, I would also throw out from a data perspective, I think we've really been able to leverage our population health management tool to create an interactive tool that people across our health systems. We've got specialty leaders, service lines that are really asking for access to this data suite because they're getting excited about the data and the opportunities there. So that's something I'm really proud of being able to connect what I'll call kind of our small box of the ACO to this large health system and get that engagement across the health system. Jen, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's a remarkable job you've done as a leader, remarkable organization, Maine Health. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Just fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.